welcome to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and this is the recording from an amazing live stream I hosted on the Conscious Awakening Network with special guest Michael Jaco, a retired veteran with over 35 years serving in high-risk environments who turned his service experience into spiritual enlightenment. In this episode, we dive into an extraordinary exploration of intuition, warriors, spiritual realms, and overcoming challenges. Discover Michael's remarkable journey from his military years, his experience with Native American spirituality, embracing his intuitive skills, which he believes anyone can tap into with a meditative state. We're going to delve into the world of remote viewing and remote influencing, We'll touch on global events, multiple lifetimes, and even interactions with Archangel Michael. So you're not going to want to miss this, and we'll get into it in just a moment. But first, Michael will be a featured speaker at the Sedona Ascension Retreat March 8th through the 10th. Just imagine yourself in the mystical energies of sacred Sedona, the perfect backdrop for advancing your spiritual journey. Elevate your consciousness, find inner peace, and embrace transformation in the heart of Sedona for a life-changing experience. So visit SedonaAscensionRetreat.com to secure your spot. Use code MEDITATION for 10% off your ticket. Unleash your highest self in the Red Rocks of Sedona. And now enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody to the Meditation Conversation and Conscious Awakening Network. So glad to be with you today. Thank you to those who are joining through the Zoom. We have people who are joining through the live stream, streaming on the Conscious Awakening Network and through Roku and Amazon Fire and YouTube. And we'll have some who are also watching through the recordings. If you're watching the recording and you think, hey, we could have joined this live. I would have loved to have joined this live. Know that you can always register. I do these every month. You can go on karagoodwin.com and there's a live stream link. Registration is free, but it allows me to communicate the, the Zoom info to get all the info for you so you can come on and interact with us directly. We've got some great ones coming up today. I'm so honored to have Michael Jaco here. Next month, we'll have Isabella Green. She's going to talk about escaping the karmic cycle. And then in February, Maureen St. Germain is going to join. I just had my the podcast that was released on Monday, which was yesterday. It was with Maureen and such a wonderful conversation. She's just a legend in spiritual teaching. I know Michael's connected with Maureen as well. March, we'll have Mina the Andromedan. A lot of people loved Mina's episode that came out, I think it was about three weeks ago. She's a wealth of galactic knowledge. And then we've got Philip Smith, who is the author of Walking Through Walls, is coming. And Marie Manichuri will be coming as well. She's a really gifted medium. I'm looking forward to all of that. So thank you so much for being here, everybody. Michael, thank you so much for your presence. Let me just introduce you really quickly. Michael is a retired veteran with over 35 years serving the U.S. government in high-risk environments. He's the author of The Intuitive Warrior, which I have here, which was an amazing read. I love this book. And he has another book 
The Awakening of a Warrior, which talks about his past lives that he remembers. And we were chatting a little bit about that before we got going. He's got some amazing stories about the other warrior lives that he's had. So welcome, Michael. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Kara. Looking forward to the conversation. This book is full of extraordinary accounts of how your intuition and your other psi skills have developed alongside your military combat experience. Can you talk a little bit about how your military experience has helped to inform your awakening consciousness? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like we were talking before, it's, you go through many different lifetimes, I think, building these abilities. And your current life is like the epitome of all the different skills you've learned over time. The Intuitive Warrior talks about how I came in as a Navy SEAL and started to push beyond the normal physical limits. That's what the, the SEALs do. You're 10 times what the normal human being can do. I did that in training. I thought, oh, I'm a superhuman. But when I came back and I started to actually be an instructor myself, I, I was able to see that anyone has these abilities if they're willing to tap into them. Now, from that point, I went into the SEAL teams and did combat action. Went to the top of the SEAL Team 6, which is a Tier 1 anti-terrorist team, and did combat action there. And throughout that time, I started to see other people that seemed to have these amazing abilities. They could, they knew things. They had like super hearing and like combat vets that just knew things. And I was like, how do they do that? I want to have those skills too. So that's the first thing that we, when we have these abilities come through, maybe one of your guests is going to teach us how to walk through walls. I don't know. That sounds pretty cool to me. I, I totally believe that's possible. <laughs> Men who stare at goats, you know? Yeah. I'm like one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, although I didn't train with any of those guys, it developed within me how to remote influence as well. So remote viewing eventually came in to my sphere. Uh, I went through different schools, Apache, shaman type stuff. I did sweat lodges. So the American Indian spirituality part is what really awakened a big aspect of me. And I'd had throughout my time as a Christian, Baptist and so forth, many beautiful experiences, but I feel like it was the American Indian spirituality that really pushed it to a different level. And so that's where I learned remote viewing. And then I started to utilize remote viewing and combat zones when I was in the CIA. And I would tell people, my group, first I would keep it under wraps. I was, I knew when attacks were coming in the future. And because I got a feeling, ah, so what am I, what is that? And I go, I would look into the future and I could see when an attack was coming, where it was going to be in the time frame, and so forth. So I would keep my teams from that area. And then the attack would happen. I was like, ah, oh, I'm really tapping into something here. It is real. Because at first it was just, I'd send my consciousness out like right now to go scan the environment here. And I'd get something and I'd come back and I'd go look. And there, sure enough, that's what I saw. So from real time to future, couple of days to weeks, months, and then deep into the futures, some of the stuff I look at now. So that all developed over time. It's like working a muscle. You work the muscle, it gets stronger. And that's what I did with my intuitive skills. The remote influencing came later after I started remote viewing. So I got that. I was in a kill zone and I got sent out love, the frequency of love as if every cell in your body is pushing it. And that's what I did. And then I felt the feeling that we're getting ready to get hit, dissipate. And then we got back to our compound and some, the group that came out right behind us got hit by an RPG. And it was an exact location. I felt that we were about to get attacked. 
So I was like, okay, what do I do with that skill? So eventually I got to the point where I push it out into a city that was being attacked almost every day by terrorists and then the terrorist stopped terrorist attack stopped while I was pushing out that energy. I would leave, the terrorist attacks would start again. And then I eventually got it to the point where I would anchor that, that bubble, what I call a bubble of love. And I, I would link it to everyone else uh, in the city that did not want those attacks that had that frequency connection as well. Uh, they had love for their loved ones and so forth. They didn't want them to get blown up. But once I started to do that, eventually got to the point where some of these cities were being attacked regularly. They haven't been attacked ever since I, I did that decades ago now in one of those cities and it hasn't been attacked since. So it is frequency, thought, energy, and all these things are part of who and what we are. And once we understand that and start to connect with that, we can utilize that energy and make it work for us. Wow. How I, I would love to go a little bit deeper into the remote viewing. And you talked about that remote influencing as well. Were there certain things that you did to help to develop that skill? Because it was like, oh, you just started noticing it. And, you know, it was getting more, it was real time. And then it was a little bit out into the future. And then it was a little bit more. And then now you're talking about quite a bit out. Are there things that, that you did or that you could recommend to others? Because I know that's something that a lot of people feel drawn to. Yeah, that's, and that's beautiful because I, on my site, I sometimes have uh, people do remote viewing. We do it as a group. It's basically a meditation. Uh, you get, get yourself in the right uh, brainwave state. So we have different brainwave states. We have the, uh, the beta, which is uh, normally where we're doing thinking processes or uh, drawing information and so forth. And then you have the alpha brainwave state, which is a more meditative state, but you still have some connection to the physical reality realm. And then deeper in, like usually in the dream state, you have a, a theta and delta. So you can, you can access these brainwave frequencies at any time. And it's just a matter of meditation. So everyone's probably familiar with meditation. So you just go into a meditative state, you relax, you breathe, do the breathing, relax your body. And then what I would do is I would send my consciousness out as if it was an eye. So I would have an eye go out, like seeing the environment. And I would do that at a trail, trailhead that I'd never been down before. So I would meditate, send the consciousness out in the meditative state, look at the trail. And then I'd come out of the meditative state, walk the trail, and I would see all the different things that I'd seen in the meditative state that there's having never been down that trail physically. I would not have known. So that was a confirmation that this is a real skill. And then eventually, like I talk about, I was able to just go into a meditative state at will. Right now I can just sip, slip right into it and send consciousness out and look at things or feel things. If there was something that was threatening that was coming into my environment, because I have this huge bubble mm -hmm. always around me these days, then I would feel something and I would look at it. I would look at it instantly. So that's what I do now and through development. So anyone can do this meditative state and the way I, when I used to teach this and I have courses where you can actually access it and, and learn how to do this. But basically what I do is if you've never been to a restaurant or some place you've never been to like a hotel or whatever, you go into a meditative state and you imagine yourself going in there and what, and these things will come to you in strange ways. One of my clients one time was talking about how 
they saw all these different screens, TV screens in this one restaurant. And she was like, that's impossible. Cause that's, I, why would they have that there? And she was talking about blue everywhere and the way the setup was and everything. So she was doubting. So she went there and sure enough, there were TV screens everywhere. The furniture was blue cushions, the way that she had seen the restaurant laid out, the menu, everything. Cause she saw, she thought it was an Italian restaurant exclusively. And she went in, they had all kinds of different foods and just like she'd mm -hmm. seen on the menu. Very interesting. So that is, that's confirmation. You do the remote viewing very simply like that at first. I've done this with hundreds of people. It's very, anyone can do this. You just go into that state of consciousness and then send out your remote viewing, if you will. You view something, you look at it as if you were there physically, and then you reaffirm it, get the confirmation. And they're like, okay, this is real. So you're confirming to yourself that this is real. And then you're like, okay, your analytical mind gets connected with it. And you're like, okay, I can do this. One of the greatest ones I did was I had this woman that came in. It's like the end of when I'm teaching these courses for groups. So this one woman contacted me. She's like, I'll pay you whatever you want. And I do, I do children rescue. And I said, okay, I'll work with you. And so she came and we did a few things that I thought would be simple and she wasn't getting it. And I was like, I know because you're more advanced. And because when she had come in, I saw like angel wings on her. I was like, oh, this is someone from the angelic realm. So she's probably going to be more advanced. So I was trying to do the simple stuff with her and she wasn't getting it because she was more advanced. It's like trying to teach somebody one plus one is two. And the mind is like, ah, give me the good stuff. Come on. It's like, <laughs> and I, I want to do trigonometry or quantum physics. And so that's, and that's what this is, quantum physics on a massive level. So we went, we basically did the trail thing, went into a meditative state. She went down this trail and crushed it. And I was like, okay, let's go to the next level. So I, I do this thing where I take people, I was in Lake Tahoe at the time and there's beaches there. So I, I took her and I buried her in the sand just to the point where she could still breathe. So you're like in the earth, everything is calm. You're going into a meditative state that's on a different level. So she left. I saw her body go whoop, her spirit go whoop. I was like, okay, she's, she's out there. So she went out and she did a bunch of stuff and she saw a bunch of stuff. Now, when she first came and I saw her, I, I, I said, she's got angel wings. I also saw, I don't know why, but I saw that she was pregnant. And I was like, that's unusual. I'm not going to say anything about that. It's not my business. But she went out and she was exploring and she went to this one bathroom that's on the, like the park that we were at. And she went in there and she did, she's like, I did a, uh, a baby test. And I was like, oh, really? And I said, how did it turn out? And she's like, I was pregnant. And I was like, that's funny because I saw that you have a baby. And she's like, what? She's like, my husband and I, don't want to have babies. And I had a, such a horrible childhood. I was like, never going to have babies. Well, today she's got two beautiful babies. And oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, I know it gives you chills. I, yeah. It still gives me chills. Uh, so that's the beauty of this intuitive realm. It's on a vibrational level uh, that's connected to the angelic realm and uh, God consciousness and so forth. So when you start to tap into that, it's very humbling. It's just not, this is not me doing this. This is me going out and making a difference in the world by keeping people safe. A lot of people aren't blown up to pieces because of me or not yeah. me, but because I saw stuff and, and a lot of towns are, are now vibrant and healthy and the people within them are living beautiful lives and not being blown to pieces. So 
it does make it different when you have these abilities. It's not, a lot of people are like, how can I benefit? How can, I want to see the stock market. I want to get the lottery. Like, ah, it's not, does it work that way? And if you go in that realm, you're probably going to go down the dark path. So that I don't teach that. I teach and people do really well with it, how it can affect and and help humanity. That's amazing. And I know your teachings are very heart-based. You Mm -hmm. talked about the, with remote viewing, the brain waves and how the brain interacts. Can you talk a little bit about the role of the heart and how that plays into everything? Yeah, that's a beautiful. Good question. Heart math is a a really good one. If If no one's ever uh, done any research into heart math, heart dash math. It's basically a, a very scientific, but spiritual based organization. They have, like I do, they have different ways to teach people there. There's one game that they have. I remember it's a computer program where if you were in the right mental alpha brainwave state, you can move a balloon, but if you come out of that, it, it basically goes down and then you go into that state of consciousness. So you start to learn how to go into that state of consciousness. So it teaches that. So the heart math is basically teaching you that the heart brain uh, coherence where you're actually what which is what i teach too and i actually teach that in my course of the heart math stuff that once you make that connection the analytical side can come through and and give your intuitive side which is heart-based love-based some kind of direction and also interpret to a certain extent now some of the stuff i see i try to interpret the best that i can but sometimes i my own analytical process goes, this must be what it means, but it's not. It's just giving me what's coming. And so I interp- try and interpret, and sometimes I'm not completely right, but what I see is right. Now, you have to understand that, that you're not going to be 100% on everything, but like the stuff that I'm not 100% on, I'm 100% on what I saw. My interpretation, because the analytical process is not as good. The, the heart has a energy field around it, that is far more, it reaches out way more than the, the mind. So the, the, the brain has a, a vibrational frequency and it actually has a field uh, of consciousness, if we will, that goes out a certain level. The heart goes out way more and it has war, way more energy with it as well. So that's part of what you'll see in the heart math program. You'll see all these different things where it just maps all that out and shows you and you're like, oh, wow. This heart, this love-based energy thing is really very valuable. But when you do make that heart-brain connection, it is very powerful. And the connection that you can have with other people is very valuable and very strong. What I was talking about where I would connect with other people, even though I didn't know them, they were in that love frequency vibration. So that's all we need. And that connection basically is continuing to keep those towns safe, like I talked about. So that kind of protective bubble. I remember when I saw you speak in Sedona, you were talking about you always have it around your kids and things like that, like you've got your heart bubble out from a protective standpoint. So that's a heart energy. Yeah, exactly. And I do muscle testing, too, to show people. It's always fun to do that because some people don't understand that this is this affects you physically as well. So I show people when you're in that love, because you, we have energy fields and I can manipulate the energy fields. I take my hands and run them down the side of the body and have people put their arms up and I, their energy, their arms go right down. So they resist and boom, their arms go down. Now, when I don't do that, a lot of people, their arms, are, and especially someone that's very strong, I usually get the strongest pre- person in the room, which 
a lot of times is bigger and stronger than I am. And I push on their arms. They're like, see, strong, right? And I do the most, the sweep fiscal so everybody can see it. And then just bam, arms go right down. And then I tell them, okay, put your arms up. And I, okay, you're strong again. Now put your arms down. And then I mentally sweep them. Then, okay, put your arms up again. And then bam, even faster and harder. So I show everybody that our thoughts projected can actually have an effect as well. You can actually affect the environment that you're in through your thoughts. And then I have them hold different like thoughts, like love. I sweep them. I show them, I say, I'm sweeping you, hold the thought of love. And they're strong because they're holding that thought of love. And then I'm like, I'm not going to even sweep you. Put your arms up. Okay. You're strong and hold the thought of anger. Boom. So a lot of people think that, yeah, anger, fear is a motivator and all that kind of, no, it basically decreases your energy, takes away your consciousness, takes away your heart, brain coherence and everything. So it is not a positive. And to go into that state of consciousness, the way I teach it is to, once you notice it, the sooner you get out of it, the better. So instantaneous would be best. You feel that coming on. So nope, that's just let it go through your body, get in the love vibration and stay there. So very, very positive stuff. It's hard for some people. I can show this. I will show this. I've shown this to many audiences over the years. And then after I, I finish showing everybody the difference between love and anger, people are like, I just can't hold that love vibration for so-and-so. I'm like, ah, you didn't get it. So for me, what I would do chasing terrorists in the CIA, I would eventually look at them like I, I did many of them and the one that most people recognize Osama bin Laden. So I look, I looked at him on a etheric realm and I saw that he had a demonic on him. And so over time I've learned how to defeat demonic energies and it, it was, didn't go good for me in the beginning, but it's, I learned working that muscle and doing the right thing and uh, being that love vibration made a difference. So I would send like these terrorists or whoever. I've done political figures too, this energy field of love. And then eventually it would weaken them and make them vulnerable because their demonic energy, whatever that was giving them strength and making them powerful, could no longer affect them, could no longer protect them. And multiple terrorists that we were hunting were taken out. And when I started doing this in Osama bin Laden, my old SEAL Team 6, Red Squadron actually, which was the squadron that I was in, was the one that actually came in and, and took him out. So that is another confirmation that your energies, your abilities, your thoughts, your connection to source, love, so forth, can have a very, very positive effect. Now, he could have gone to the love vibration. He chose not to. And mm -hmm. there's very few that have. Now, I'll give you one example that everybody would recognize very quickly, and that's Kim Jong-un. So remember Kim Jong-un, everybody's, oh, we're going to go to nuclear war with Kim Jong-un. And I was like, no, nope, not going to happen. I don't see it. And then I started sending him the love vibration. And it was not easy because he had not only, when I first saw his demonic was like, oh my God, <laughs> wow. it was very scared of me. And I was like, okay, this is going to be an easy target. And I came back again to do uh, more love energy. And he was surrounded by a massive demonic cord. Had to call in my angelic cord and basically a nice little battle going on. And then eventually his demonic left him. And he went to the light and that's when president Trump went and visited him. So you, we all have the ability if, or they do, if they're connected to the demonic realm to actually go to the light.
and be part of the light, which he did, but that's rare. Most of them don't. Most of the ones I've worked on are gone now. Wow. That's powerful. You mentioned bringing in your angelic team, and in your book, you talk about an incredible encounter you had with Archangel Michael. Would you feel that you want to share that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that is that, that was a turning point for me. Being in the spiritual realms, I think you, you develop yourself and you prepare yourself for an event like that. So when, when I was doing this, the Native American spirituality, of course, I'm still connected to the Christian. And, and it doesn't matter, really, if you're Christian, Muslim, Judaic, Hindu, whatever. There is a connection to higher consciousness and higher dimensional, beautific, if you will, beings. When I did the, the American Indian spirituality, it was deep meditations and when it's putting me in those brainwave states. So I remember going into a sweat lodge before I went to Iraq on the first trip after I got out of the SEAL teams and I was going to be on the ambassador Remmer detail, basically protect, protect the detail, uh, heading up that detail. So I went into sweat lodge and there's a Native American, Iroquois Indian friend of mine that was basically running it. Everything was by the book, perfect, beautiful. I'd done many, done it many times. The prayer in the sweat lodge was that it was half joking, half a prayer, but it actually worked really well, was that when I got to Iraq, we would find, they would find, we would find Saddam Hussein because he was in hiding. So when my wheels literally touched down on the jet, when I came into Iraq, he was pulled out of a hole by Special Forces Delta Group. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And I got to see him that night. So another confirmation that this is very, these are very powerful things. Attacks started happening. Remember how I talked about how I kept my teams from actually going out. So the first multi-day event that I saw, because normally I would just do it real time, remote viewing, the first multi-day, because it came to me that there was going to be an attack outside the gate that we used to go out to do shooting and training and so forth. And we're supposed to go out this gate around eight o'clock in the morning. I was like, there's going to be an attack in two days. And this is what I was getting outside that gate. And then the day came and I'm like, ah, how am I going to stall this? Because normally when you work with groups like that, everything is like to the second almost. So I, fortunately I was in charge and I was like, okay, we're going to do a brief before we go out. Cause we'll catch up on some training skills. And right at eight o'clock, there was a big boom and it shook the palace, Saddam Hussein's palace. And we all ran up to the roof. There was a roof deck. And then there was another big boom. And then we got up to there and we could hear sirens and there was smoke and screams and stuff like that. But we learned later that there was over a hundred people that were killed and hundreds were wounded and we were supposed to be going out that gate that time. So I was like, okay, that's pretty good. After that, I was like, okay, who's doing this? Cause I'd heard about people that did work on the demonic realm. And I was like, I'm going to start to do, I'm going to start to try that. And so I'm looking and I saw this one guy that eventually we would find out within a year after I saw him, because this is the way these things work. It would be a year after I started looking at somebody and they would be gone or in a case of Kim Jong-un, they would turn. So I'm, I'm looking at this guy, it, it would be Zarqawi. So Zarqawi, as we would find out several months later, was in charge of all, when Saddam Hussein was taken, they had plans to basically go into a guerrilla warfare type situation. And then that's what they were starting to do. They started doing terrorist attacks everywhere. And that car bomb was one of those 
that was the very first car bomb that they did in Iraq. And I saw it days before. And then I was like, okay, who's doing this? And then I saw him. So I'm like, okay, is there anything? And then I saw a dark entity on him. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna kick this dark entity's ash in the etheric realm. This dark entity came off and it was way over my head. It was very powerful, very large. And it came at me and I was like, whoop, back into my body. That night there, I'm like floating above my body after I'd gone to sleep. And I'm like, oh, this is an out-of-body experience. I've always wanted to have one of these. I heard about these. And then I heard that you look back down at your body just to make that confirmation. And then you have more power. And then you have, you make that connection that you're actually having an out-of-body experience. So I looked down and I saw myself blown to pieces. And I'm like, oh no. I'm like really getting good with this stuff that I'm learning. I wish I could stay and help humanity. And then I felt this presence and I look up and I was like, I'm dead, but I'm seeing, I guess this angel's here to get me. And there was this huge angel, wide spring, white with the wings spread out. And it was just floating there. And I looked into its eyes and then that love energy came into my eyes and lit my whole etheric body up. And then I went back into my body, back in time, back into my body. And then I heard an explosion. I set up and an angel put me back in my body. And then I realized that angel had deflected the missile that was meant for me. So the missile was a, a missile that I can't think of the name right now, but they had never used these missiles before, but they're extremely accurate. Every time they used a missile from that point on, they always hit their target. I think it's Katusha or something like that where I could, but anyway, the next night they started doing bombings across the river where we're at in Baghdad. And I think it was Euphrates and it was a C-130 Spectre gunship. And they were like blowing targets up across the river that had shot one of those missiles at us so that we wouldn't get shot up again. So in that vision, I was like, is that real? Did I really see that angel? Or was that just a dream? Because it was real when I saw it. It was like just as real as I'm looking at you and being in this body right now. And I was like, ah, I remember seeing bricks. And it doesn't make sense because I was in a trailer. So they brought in all these trailers so that all of the protective detail that I was part of could have a living space. And there was a wall, a concrete wall. I thought it was a concrete wall that, was, that separated us from, from another area of the compound. And so I'm walking by it one day, like a couple of days later, and a portion of the wall had broken away and it was brick. So just like I'd seen that, that missile in that time frame had come in and blown up that area and it had blown the wall up, which I thought was a concrete wall in the United States here in most places, we just pour concrete, put in rebar and everything to pour concrete there. They, they brick and then they cover it with concrete. So I didn't know their building material or their building techniques at the time, but that's the way they uh, build their walls there. So I was like, oh, wow, that was real. And the angel, I didn't even know who the angel was. I remember looking it up, looking up angels, the research that we talked about before the show. And I, I saw this angel and said, that's the angel I saw. It was Archangel Michael. And a group invited me to Paris to talk about my book because they were like, it was the Boy Scouts of Paris wanted to do a year of love and that was their theme and they wanted they invited me to come talk and i was like ah oh, wow, that's perfect 
So I remember going there. I remember walking just randomly. I don't know why I was walking down the streets of Paris with my wife and we're just turning these corners and she's like, where are you going? I said, I don't know. So we just, mm -hmm. and then we turn this corner and there's this huge statue of Archangel Michael with his spear and his foot on the devil. And I was like, that's the angel. That's exactly like the angel I saw Archangel Michael look. I was like, wow, that's my Archangel Michael spirits. Thank you for sharing that. That is so powerful. Michael, I am curious about, there's this dichotomy between your military experience with the special forces and elite training and this warrior, and then the state of the world and and the role that the government kind of plays in the state of the world. And I'd love for you to talk about these two kind of maybe opposing forces and how they integrate in your work. Yeah. And there's somebody in the chat that's from Australia. So good day to Australia. I can share a story. Ah, Patty, that's you. Very good. And so I can share a story that kind of is brings that in from my days when I used to train special forces groups around the world. And I trained with the Aussie SAS, my favorite of all time. We were very similar in abilities and mindset and so forth. So the Aussies are, they love to play, they play hard and they work hard. Like Navy SEALs, we play hard, we work hard. I, I think, yeah, Patty knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, uh, so we were, I was hanging out with those guys and I was still team sick at the time, tier one. And our shooting skills were unbelievable. I got to the point where I could shoot a headshot three headshots in less than a second. And I could pick up any gun and I could be an expert with it within a shot. So they had nine millimeter Browning handguns. And at the time we were using Beretta. So I'd never, I'd never fired one of their weapons before I got it. And we're like, we went through their kill house and they had like, it's a kill house is basically a house where you, yeah, there's rooms where you go through the set up targets and you shoot the targets. And they're like joking with us. They're like, we're going to have you see how you guys do with the running through our kill house. And they're all like snickering and okay, what they got for us. So we went through their kill house, me and another guy. And it was a guy that I work with at SEAL Team 6, but he wasn't my shooting partner. And he was in a different assault team and everything. And so it was the first time we'd actually work together. So we're like, okay, let's go. So we went through, clear the whole house, come back out. And they're all like jaws drop. And they're like, that's the best time that any of us have ever had. <laughs> so from that point on. We're like showing them some of our skills and so forth. And, and then they took those skills and took them to a different level because they're fast learners. They want to learn from the best and that's, they always attracted that. And so we hit it off really good. We had a great time with those guys, but it's a mindset type thing. And I think in Australia, they have, they're very connected to the land and the earth and the, the spiritual energies and so forth, which I find is very strong in Australia. And I think the Aussies are like that. So for me, making those connections, when I talk about all the training that I'd had over the years and seeing other people have these abilities that had been activated, I think, by being in combat, life or death situation, sometimes makes these skills basically pop. I learned how to do those through the spiritual realm. And so working with people like the Aussies and touching on that, I'm like, there's something else here. And then having all those other people. And then when I eventually started doing like the remote viewing and so forth with the Native American stuff, it was, it took me to that, took me to another level very quickly because I basically wanted that. And I trained to get to that higher level. I pushed all my senses to the highest level, like trying to see really good. I had 
you know, 2015 vision. I developed it over the years so I could actually see better when I shoot at a distance, of course. So all of this was to train myself to be better as a warrior. And another thing that I did was that really took me to another level was hand-to-hand fighting. So I started the first hand-to-hand fighting course for the Navy SEAL teams. And that really pushed me into another level because that's like a spiritual realm as well. Because usually they don't teach you spiritual realms in your martial arts until you reach a very high level. So I reached a very high level very quickly and then started tapping into that spiritual realm, that unbelievable fighting ability. I could, you could fill a room with 30, 40 people and they could attack me and I could defeat everyone within a short period of time. They could revive themselves after I basically did a kill shot on them, breaking a neck or crushing a throat or something. And then give them a couple seconds down and then they get up and attack me again. I could clear 300 people within about three minutes and still stay standing. So this is another level of consciousness. So you're in that alpha brainwave state while you're fighting. So when I started to learn that, my shooting and all these intuitive skills started to go to a different level. So it's beyond the physical realm. It's beyond the five senses. You're basically pushing your senses as far as they can go. And then you pop into another realm with them. Uh, see, my camera goes. <laughs> Wants to be pops, part of it. It popped because I just said, I don't know. Don't, don't do it now. But, uh, I, I guess I was in that realm of consciousness. And, and the electronics are like that too. Have you ever noticed? Yeah. Uh, if you go, I've, I've had people along where I, I do one-on-one sessions with them. And I'd kind of meditate them a little bit. And if they went into a certain meditative state, then we start to lose connection. I'd like, okay, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back so we don't lose each other. But it's like you start to go out of this realm. You start to move out of this realm. And that's the realms I started to operate in on a lot of different levels. So the martial side of things pushed my, my intuitive spiritual side to a level that would never have happened unless I'd pushed the martial side. And that's just me. It doesn't mean you have to be a Navy SEAL or... Aussie SAS or whatever reaches level of consciousness, anyone can do it, but just understand that you're, you have to have that warrior mindset. You have to be very dedicated. You have to be very focused and you have to believe in yourself, which I was able to do over time. I'm doing impossible stuff all the time. I'm like, I can do some impossible things. So the stuff we're talking about seems impossible, but it's not because I would teach people how to do impossible as SEALs. When I went back and when I, like I talked about when I was doing the SEAL training, when I did the hand-to-hand stuff. I would teach other people to do the same stuff. I would fight the way I fought, but they had to be open to it. Some people weren't open to it. They were stuck in negative brainwave patterns and so forth, which can be broken, but only if the person is willing and able to do that. Yeah. I appreciate that your microphone started cutting in and out a little bit there after you talked about, (laughs) you probably Uh, don't even know. No. Your audio started misbehaving a little bit there for just a short time, but your your team's very funny. Your etheric team. <laughs> They're like, yes, let's show you how that works. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like I talked about, it's I don't know if I don't know if it came through or not, but when you go into those realms of consciousness, which I connect probably connected with a few times there, it basically pulls you out of this level of consciousness. You're in that level of conscious, not in this one. So oh. that's what I was trying to relay when I was talking about all those different things. You basically take this level of consciousness and go somewhere else with it. And it's just right there, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
Right. It's fascinating. I'm curious about the your perspective on the state of the world with where we are from a, an awakening standpoint. And then we've got trouble in the Middle East again and everything that we've been through since 2020. So all of that together making a unique environment for humanity. And I'd love to hear what you make of all of that. So I knew that Russia was going to go into Ukraine. I did a remote view on that. I told everybody when it was the day that it would happen after the Olympics. And I said it weeks before. So it did happen on that day. And I said they would they would take care of business very quickly. I think that we're going to see a massive shift in consciousness, but it's only going to happen when everyone gets involved. Judicially, I see things happening on the judicial level. That's the biggest thing that's controlling the world right now. Once you regain control of the judiciary, then it's like taking these guys down is like boom, 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 boom. But they've obviously infiltrated that and they control that and they control us with through that. So I think there's going to be a big effort, a big movement to basically get the judicial side back in control for humanity, which is obviously supposed to be that way, but it's basically serving the evil side. And once that's removed, that control, then we'll, we'll be able to take that away from them. Now, Patty had a question in the chat. You want me to talk yeah. about that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. We talked about before the show, some of the things that motivates me to look at things. I get like this, this, okay, you're going to go look at this time frame. So, okay, I'm looking at this time frame. What am I supposed to look for here? And then I get, okay, look at the people, look at what's going on and on and on. And like one of those time frames was with Jesus. So I always had a connection with Jesus. And I knew that I'd somehow, even as a little boy, I remember being like three, four, five years old and going, I know Jesus on a different level. It's the innocence of a child. I know Jesus. And, and sometimes he would come into my thoughts and so forth. But it, not until I really awakened to the point where I realized that I'd actually been in that time frame and a warrior, of course. And I helped Paul and some of the other people during that time frame. I trained with Jesus and so forth as a Roman. First, I was a centurion, and then I moved up into a different level and, and just started making a difference during that time frame. So massacres, I can look at time frames and see the real history of a different, of a of certain eras. So there was a massacre of the Jews in Judea by the Romans, because the Jews were basically trying to control the money. You don't control the money with the people that really control the money. So they'll come in and spank you, which is what we're seeing right now with the United States. They're controlling the money. They're controlling the world. I think the, the real controllers of the money in the city of London and the Vatican is the, the religious side of things. And the United States is the military side of things. Perfect that I would get that military insight here in the United States. Because you can't control the money unless you have power. If the power is taken away, then you no longer have that. Rome had the power during that time frame, and they basically came in and just massacred Judea, uh, the Jews during that time frame. Are you looking at Patty's? Uh, there was a massacre at Port Arthur. Yes. In Tasmania. Yes. I will talk. Actually, that's interesting, Patty, because I was actually, like I was talking about training. With the SAS, I was actually training with the SAS when that massacre happened. 
And I remember my Aussie buddies were like, they're going to take away our guns. And I was like, no, nah, they won't do that. And they did. So you guys suffered during this pandemic because of that, unfortunately. It had been done by a highly trained person, yet persons is what I see, persons, but was blamed on a person, a very low IQ. No, that person was MK altered, of course. And there were other people that were involved in shooting. And, and people have reported on that too, that there were other people that were involved in the shooting. Some of the shooting that happened, unfortunately, innocent people die. But there were people reporting, just like on a lot of other massacres that happened around, around your neck of the woods and my neck of the woods, there are people who report that they're shooting, there's sounds of shots coming from other directions. Like in the LA shooting we had, a lot of people, and I have actually friends that had children that were there that said there were helicopters flying around, shooting coming from the helicopters. So that gets suppressed. And there in Tasmania, it was suppressed as well. So that was so they could take your guns, Patty, and they did a good job of it, unfortunately. And they're constantly trying to take our guns here in America, but it's never going to happen. They're not going to get away with it. So, so that's one of the things, unfortunately, that we're going to continue to see these crazy events and they'll keep at it until they either win or until we win and take them out of power. So I see that we win and take them out of power and beginning next year. So this is, to me, this has been the year reveal. I said this before this year started 23 that this would be their year reveal. So many things have been revealed this year. So many people have come out and talked about stuff, myself included. I have talked about incredible things, incredible insights have come through. And now that all these insights have come through, now the, the judicial, judicial side starts. Well, the next uh, year, 24, will be the year of the judicial act, action. So there will be a massive push to reform the judicial system and use that system to basically come in and remove a lot of people that have been controlling it. And once that system's in control, then everything down below that, all the way down, the political mafia that we have in our country and throughout the world, it, it will affect the world. That political mafia will start to be taken out. The intelligence agencies that can, that you can have a president uh, that comes in and he's in charge for eight years, maybe max here in the United States. Once he's gone, what continues that thing? Well, it's an intelligence agency. So intelligence agencies will be taken out as well. So I've heard from the back from well over a year, a couple of years now, uh, that's been in process. So that is, there's, that's going on. And uh, so that's Patty interesting says, uh, considering your, your background with the central intelligence agency. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. yeah. So there, there are a lot of people that do good work like I did. And then like I would see. There are people doing some very bad things, but because everything's compartmentalized, and if you were to say anything about someone else's business, you could be reprimanded, fired, or worse. I've had worse, so that my I've almost been killed many times. The things that have kept me alive were my intuitive abilities, and I remember one time I was on Pacific Crest Trail, and I just come I'd been eating. I'd refurbish my pack. So I would, for 10 days, I would hike straight through and then I'd come off the trail for 2000 miles. I did this and I would come off the trail and get some food, replenish, maybe get a good shower, sleep in a good bed for a change and then hit the trail again. So I came off the trail and just before this, I'd say maybe three, 
three weeks before a helicopter had flown by me and did a heart attack machine on me. It didn't work. They tried it like three different times. I have very good control of my body. So that didn't work. There are other things that happened. I saw men that were going to ambush me. I knew it was going to come, but like I talked about, I have that ability to go around that kind of stuff. So all these different attempts were happening. So I came off the trail one time and I'd gone to Subway. So I'd ate half my sandwich and I saved half the sandwich that I was going to eat later that night. But I was like, I'm going to eat it now. So I don't know why I stopped at this one point. I stopped at this one point and I'm leaning against this railing. It was next to a park and there was like a little trail and there was a railing and there was like a, a little creek that was running through. And I'm just sitting there. I could have faced anywhere. I could have stopped anywhere, but I did it right here. So there was like, there had been a drought, a long drought. And I'm standing there eating my sandwich because you can never eat enough food when you're like hiking all day long. So I'm like constantly eating. So I'm, I, and I, and normally when I've rested, I'd hit the trail and I'd just go until the night. And so I'm standing there. I'm like, why am I standing here? And then out of the ground burst flame. And I'm like, what? And then it started to spread. And I'm like, oh, like <laughs> I went over the Creek and started filling up. I had this cup and I started coming over and I dug and I poured water. It took me like an hour. Somebody had buried coals in the ground there and it was time so that I would have passed by there and that fire would have spread and I would have been trapped. I would have burned alive. And I hear, and, and when I did that, I hear like these children playing in the background. I'm like, ah, oh, it wasn't just for me that I stopped here. So it is some seriously evil stuff that's out there that's trying to take down guys like me that, you know, can inform people. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very frustrating, but on the other side, it's very enlightening that some of us, you know, are protected. And so we can spread this word to the world and help people wake up, but you're doing an excellent job. And, uh, you know, we all have our ways to, uh, spread this information. And I think it's, I think it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. And it's interesting to think about the awakening process and if there could be anything in having the darker forces at play in this reality is does it help us wake up faster if we've got that kind of friction or I don't know, but it's really important that we have warriors on the front lines, literally and figuratively like you taking that role in so many lifetimes also. So thank you so much for your service. Wow. Yeah. And I think that it's probably May of 2024 is when we see the biggest turnaround. So from right now, there's, I've always felt there was going to be something happen just before Christmas, that Christmas we would be like the beautiful time of Christmas. We'd still have a good time, but there's some kind of darkness that we're going to experience. I don't know. We only have a few days left, so it could be a wrong intuition on that. Or I've seen a lot of my intuitive insights just keep getting pushed, pushed and pushed. It could be that, but yeah, 2024 is a massive takedown of these evil systems because the world basically is it's getting tired of it. And we're, as it takes humanity, takes a revolution. I've always said it's, it's a renaissance in consciousness that we're going to go through. And we went through the renaissance of art during the, the last renaissance, somewhat of a consciousness raising experience, but not on the level that we're going to see coming up. 
That's fascinating, too, talking about May because we've got that total solar eclipse that's coming in on April 8th, too. And that is on my radar. I'm right where it's going to be a total full, like right in my town. The kids have the day off school and because they imagine we're just going to be flooded with people who want to be on the line. But but things like that. And you talk about the time that we're in as we're recording this. We had 12-12 and we've got the solstice coming up. We've had a couple of meteor showers. We've got a full moon on Christmas Day. And mm. so there's a lot of like cosmic energy too, a planetary and galactic so it's interesting, boots on the ground, kind of physical 3D changes, and then also by May, and then also that kind of more bigger galactic stuff all coming together. May would make sense, I think, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, I saw Patty saying that, that telling people the truth, and I've, I've heard this for a while, it really is, it's too much for people. I've never seen people that are told the truth is too much for them. So I think that there are infiltrators on every organization, and some of that is is a misdirection that we can't tell the people that can't handle the truth. I don't see that whatsoever. And I think that we really need to start pushing the truth because we're, I don't think we're going to see that, but there is that potential where it reaches a point where we can't turn it around. And if we don't get more involved, that's going to be the case. But I strongly feel that things are already turning. And there more and more people are getting involved. And I've actually talked to people that are getting involved. And I bring those those people on my show and that helps other people to wake up to to that potential and starts to push the awareness in that direction. I think that's the that tipping point is right there. We're right at that tipping point where we start to really turn this thing around. And it has to come to that point. Otherwise, these guys will uh, get to a point where they're they will lock us down uh, and control us like, and we won't be able to break free. Yeah. I, I think we're at that point where people are starting to realize that and it's not going to happen. That's beautiful. Well, Michael, can you tell people how they can connect with your work? Yeah, it's michaelkjaco.com. That's where all my website has everything on there, courses and offerings and everything. I do a lot of, uh, a lot of free stuff. I do some of the shows I do, I have them on audio like you do and there's no charge. It is, it is a, is an interesting time. They're trying to divide us, trying to conquer us, but we can't be conquered. When people wake up like we're doing and, and rise up together, it's going to be amazing. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much. It's such an honor and a joy to have you here. This has been an amazing discussion. And thank you, everybody who's joined, whether you're here on Zoom or are live streaming in another way. I appreciate you so much tapping in. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks, Kara. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to ask you for one quick favor, and that's to share this episode with one person who you think will benefit from it. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.